Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very senior and respected leader from the US, Mr. Mark Funkhauser. Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, Mark is the president of Funkhauser & Associates. He's the former mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, during the Great Recession, and he's a municipal finance expert. So, Mark, uh, let me start by asking you about your own early life and experiences and what led you to pursue a career in public service and that led you to becoming the mayor of Kansas City. Well, it was all a, a, a series of accidents, actually, but I, um, uh, I grew up in West Virginia uh, in a very working class family, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was... Um, what an aggressive uh young guy i got in a lot of fights uh mm -hmm. and that sort of thing and uh at some point i learned that i could do better uh fighting with words and ideas than i could with my fists mm. uh and uh i be i i uh i began to uh write and uh that that sort of thing i um i accidentally uh stumbled in you know uh, into um politics, political science as an undergraduate, because uh, that just happened to be where uh, an advisor had scheduled my classes as a mm -hmm. freshman. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I discovered that I, I liked it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the rules, so to speak, that I didn't like and that I thought kept folks like me down was structured by government. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, the, if you want to change the rules, you got to be part of the government. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said. And and then what took you into, uh, you know, becoming the mayor of Kansas or fighting the election? I'm assuming it was an election. Oh, yes, it was an election. Well, I, uh, again, that sort of series of accidents went along. I, uh, I got a job, uh, again, took a civil service test and uh, wound up in, in a job working with physically handicapped individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, for the government, for the state of Pennsylvania. And I liked it. And I thought, uh, this is something I wanted to pursue. So I got a master's degree in social work um, and uh, wound up teaching at a small college, teaching social science. Um, met the woman who I later married uh, and left the college and was looking for a job. And uh, a fellow uh, uh, offered me a job with the state auditor's office in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. They were beginning to hire social scientists in addition to the accountants. Um, I took that job and I discovered I really liked that. Uh, as a social worker, I could work with a group of individuals and uh, help them um, do better in the world. Mm -hmm. But as a performance auditor for the state government, I could change the system um, by which those services were delivered uh, and have a much larger impact. Uh, to succeed at that, I decided that I needed an MBA in accounting and finance. Mm -hmm. uh, I got that. Um, and uh, uh, then it occurred to me that uh, I could have more impact and it would be more interesting and more fun to work for local government. Mm -hmm. So I applied for a series of uh, city jobs and I wound up getting the job as a city auditor of Kansas City. Mm hmm. I did that for 18 years, uh, and it was 
in the uh, 2004, it was clear to me that there would be a great recession. And mm. it was also clear to me that nobody uh, in Kansas City government uh, knew or cared. <laughs> and uh, uh, I began to plot and plan. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, I had uh, acquired a PhD in mm -hmm. urban um, urban sociology and political science. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I uh, threw my hat into the ring, ran for mayor, um, and uh, a very unusual campaign, because uh, I was yeah, you can imagine. So as the city auditor, when I decided I was running for mayor, it was met with derision. You're right. uh, <laughs> this bean counter. Things, <laughs> you know, uh, um, but we uh, we surprised them. Mm -hmm. um, all those years of uh, writing and talking, uh, I can I can do well in an argument. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, and that's what a political campaign is. Nice. It's an argument. Um, and uh, we didn't have any money. Uh, it takes about a million dollars uh, to get to be mayor of Kansas City. And we ultimately raised about 385000 mm -hmm. uh, so spent about two or three to one. Uh, but my wife managed my campaign and uh, she figured out how to package me, uh, so to speak, in a way that it was not just the sort of negative uh, Dr. No auditor. Um, she's written a series of books about that. Okay. Um, the The second book just launched uh, in uh, uh, May 24th of this mm -hmm. year, uh, and it's about our campaign. Uh, and uh, one of the things that she did is my so my name Funkhauser is odd, uh, and uh, my closest friends and mm. her uh, refer to me as Funk, mm -hmm. um, and she uh, branded me so to speak uh, okay. in the campaign. And and you your podcast is a brand called it was this was all about branding me correct um, to uh, as the Funk uh, and making it uh, softening my image as wow. a hard-nosed mm. uh, financial guy. Mm. Um, and uh, and so her book is called Come On, Funk, Move Your Ass. Wow. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's funny, um, and uh, but it's also um, a very uh, intimate look, insider look, mm. at what it takes to raise money uh, run a campaign, and uh, ultimately win. Wow. Well, maybe I'm going to reach out to her through you and speak to her about her, how much, what went into making Funk win. That's, that's fantastic. What a, what a story that would be. But coming back, uh, you know, Mark, you have been an advocate for transparency and accountability in government. What initiatives did you implement in Kansas City? Because my experience with governments is that they're not transparent and uh, they're not accountable. Uh, that's um, unfortunately often true. The, um, of course, the purpose of auditing, uh, particularly performance auditing, is transparency and accountability. And so for 18 years, I had been 
looking at one program after another uh, and examining that program. Part of the campaign hmm. was uh, sort of revisiting each of those uh, audits hmm. um, and looking at themes like public safety and transportation and water and sewer. Hmm. Um, one of the ways in which I decided what to audit was that we did regular surveys of the residents of Kansas City, uh, statistically valid surveys. And we looked at those areas where they deemed very important and they were very unsatisfied. Uh, and so we targeted our areas, our audits, on things that people cared about. Uh, and by the time I ran for mayor, I knew where the pain points were, mm. what citizens were unhappy about, what they what they wanted uh, done differently. Mm. Uh, a big part of that was uh, the way in which Kansas City and many cities in the U.S. Mm. Uh, economic development was essentially corporate welfare. Uh, we would bribe companies to locate and uh, and pass the bill on mm. to the taxpayers. Correct. Um, Correct. Had, you know. When I got elected, um, sure enough, the recession happened just as we anticipated it would. And so I spent a lot of time just working on the finances, uh, keeping Kansas City um, solvent. Uh, we actually, the city left the Great Recession in better financial shape than it was when it went in. Mm. Uh, we had a larger fund balance. We had improved our uh, bond rating. Mm. Uh, but that was by, for example, not doing <laughs> the tax giveaways uh, and uh, and being careful about where we uh, spent the money. One of the things that I uh, told residents over and over is, uh, you know, you got to be smart with the money. Um, people would say that the city was broke. Uh, and I would say that's not true. We're going to spend one point three billion dollars this year. Uh, we just have to be smart about how we spend that money. Uh, and, uh, you know, the bean counter image and the auditor image, uh, I would come back at people well with something like, you can't take care of the people if you don't take care of the money. Right. You know, when, 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 when government services go badly, the people that are hurt are the most vulnerable. Absolutely. You know, the well-off, you know, they can have, have their own police force, they can have their gated community, they can have private tutors for their kids. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the regular folks who um, who get hurt. Um, Correct. I, um, Correct. My pain slogan was a city that works for regular folks. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, the and so that was much of it was just sort of paying the bills, uh, reining in the um, um, crony capitalism that we were calling economic right. development, and uh, preserving the fund balance, uh, and then working on one of the biggest issues that people were concerned about was violent crime. Kansas City was at that time third in the nation in violent crime. Mm. Um, we were able, uh, by focusing on that issue, uh, to bring the uh, violent crime rate down to a 20-year low wow. and keep it low while I was in office. Amazing. Um, it, uh, 
we had uh, another issue that they were very concerned about was uh, the schools and the school district. Uh, I convened the superintendents of the various school districts in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. uh, that had never happened. The mayor had never called them all together. Uh, the mayor has no formal authority over the school districts. Those are separate little governments. Uh, and I asked them um, about their experiences with the city and what they needed to have to be able to do better. Mm. Uh, and it was basic city services. You know, one school superintendent said, you know, your water main breaks uh, and we have to close the school. Mm. There's no water. We can't flush the toilets. We have to close the school for two or three days uh, while you fix the water main. Nice. Uh, another superintendent said, you know, you um, allow violent crime right across the street from my school mm -hmm. um, and so on. And it became very clear that residents were concerned about the schools. Mm -hmm. uh, schools believed that the city was not a good, reliable partner in providing mm -hmm. services that allowed them to do their job. Uh, so I created a, an initiative called Schools First where uh, I said I, we would focus our limited resources on those areas uh, around the schools and make the neighborhood around the school um, work better. Fascinating, fascinating. The other question that I've often asked, uh, you know, leaders like yourself uh, who are in public service, how did you balance the needs of so many different stakeholders, you know, residents, businesses, community organizations, while making policy decisions, because there must have been lots of pulls and pressures. There are lots of pressures. And um, you, what I believe is that you have to have priorities and you have to stick to those priorities. If you do everything, you get nothing accomplished. You have to focus. Right. Uh, but it is... Uh, I encourage young people to run for office. Uh, you know, if you don't like the way things are done, throw your hat in the ring. Uh, but it is a grueling job. Mm. I came out of the job with a lot more empathy mm. for elected officials. Uh, basically, your day starts uh, at seven in the morning at some Rotary Club or Kiwanis Club or somebody breakfast. Uh, and it goes until about uh, 11 at night, you know, because you've gone to some dinner, uh, social occasions like uh, football games, basketball games, baseball games, you're expected to show up. Um, it's um, uh, it was uh, absolute full. And it's, you know, of course, it's seven days a week mm. uh, and you never you never know. You know, when things happen, there's a tornado, there's a police shooting, right. there are things that, you know, whatever you thought the agenda was for today, that's no longer the agenda. Mm. Um, and yet when you're on the street and when you're with people, uh, you have to be um, smiling and pleasant and happy and you can't, uh, you know, you can't be gruff or rude mm. Uh um, so it's uh, it's it's very hard, and so naturally, when you're trying to balance all those competing concerns, Correct. somebody is going to be unhappy. Correct. You know, and you know, it it never 
uh, I now understand that there is no mayor out there uh, who doesn't have a lot of people very unhappy with him or her because you just can't do it all. Correct. Some constituency will be unhappy. You're so right. Yeah. But what would you say, Mark, were some of your proudest achievements uh, during your term? Well, I was very proud of the financial thing, that we were able to to uh, poise the city. So when the recession was over, the city uh, essentially sprang forward. It was in good shape financially, and it was ready to take off. I was that was uh, that was a big deal to me. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing, the crime, you know, focusing on crime and uh, essentially saving people's lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were you know fewer homicides, um, fewer shootings, uh, that sort of thing. Those were the things that sort of mattered the most to mm -hmm. me. Um, and uh, part of the fiscal thing was the, the city's. Uh, financial um, policies were virtually non-existent. Mm -hmm. uh, there are good practices. Uh, as as an auditor, I knew what those good practices were. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were able to um, enact them. Uh, the way that uh, financial policy is enacted in the city government is it requires a resolution or an ordinance and it requires a vote of the city council. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we were able to get those um, get those uh, policies passed, and the city continues uh, now. Now, ten, fifteen years after I left office, mm -hmm. uh, it continues to do well with those financial policies in place. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, you know one of one of my better moments happened uh, long after I left office when the current mayor Quentin Lucas. Uh, 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 saw me at a public event and came up to me and and thanked me for putting the city in the position that mm. was uh, able to to thrive now. Fascinating. My next question to you, Mark, is on the role of technology in governing, uh, you know, cities. What are your perspectives on how technology is beginning to change? governance of large cities and you know complex cities oh technology is at the center of almost everything that is being done okay. now you, you you know you know cities and governments uh, particularly local governments have been laggards mm. in the adoption of technology right. uh and then with the pandemic suddenly uh it was no longer sort of optional mm. uh and they uh, really uh, responded well. Uh, the federal government with the CARES Act mm. uh, really helped with uh, technology adoption. Correct. Uh, and, and then the, uh, you know, the American Rescue Plan. And so that cities are um, now really adopting technology at a rapid clip. You know, you have to, you know, can't do paper processing uh, things like uh, uh, the hiring process, the purchasing process, uh, the permitting and licensing process, those things all have to be digitized and they have to be uh, located uh, in the cloud. Uh, and that is, um, you, you just can't do business. Although, you know, I, I 
recently was working with a city that was still issuing paper checks. Right. That's just terrible. You can't do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. so they, um, and in the United States, the local government sector, uh, like every other sector, took a tremendous hit during mm -hmm. the pandemic in terms of uh, staffing losses. Mm -hmm. but whereas the rest of the economy has recovered uh, the staffing that it lost, local government has not. Mm -hmm. uh, now have, for example, uh, something like 67 local governments got their bond ratings reduced mm -hmm. because they did not produce their annual financial report on time wow. because they don't have enough accountants mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. um, if if you're a young person out there in the United States uh, and you're looking for work, local governments are hiring desperately, uh, particularly skills like accounting and finance. Mm. Amazing, amazing. So I have time for two more questions for you. Uh, my next question is that what role should local governments play in addressing the challenges the world is facing, like climate change or sustainability? Well, local governments are on the front lines of those sorts of things. If there is a wildfire, if there is flood, um, it is right there uh, on, on, in your community. Uh, and uh, so there are two sides of that coin. Uh, one is reducing greenhouse gases, uh, and uh, cities are uh, making that a priority, and, mm -hmm. and they are working on that. Uh, but the other is... Uh, reacting to the ravages of climate change, which are very significant already here now. Um, and I've written about this. Um, when I was the publisher of Governing Magazine, I wrote about 250 columns for the magazine. And now I, my newsletter, uh, we regularly write about uh, issues impacting local government. And the issue with regard to uh, climate change and uh, resiliency, the response to floods and so forth, is that unlike a lot of costs, these are not costs that can be sort of uh, kicked the can down the road. Mm. Uh, if there is a, a landslide because of excessive rain and it uh, wipes out a, mm. a chunk of way, you can't tell residents, well, we'll get to that eventually. Mm. Uh, you're out of office. You know? okay. So... So it's a whole new category of costs. Uh, it's um, it's it's a different kind of cost, and it's it's significant. Uh, uh, one city, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, is uh, uh, there are three rivers come together there, uh, and it's very steep, very hilly, uh, mm. and has been a tremendous amount of rain. And they uh, last year spent something like four times the amount they have budgeted to deal with those landslides, mm -hmm. um, storm sewers and that sort of thing. Um, much of the water infrastructure in the United States um, has um, been allowed to deteriorate since mm -hmm. the 70s. Uh, and uh, that's one of the reasons why the, um, the bipartisan infrastructure plan that President Biden was able to shove through was so mm -hmm. desperately We've been talking about infrastructure for quite a while, but we're finally starting okay. to spend some money on it. Uh, but those things, uh, when we talk about water issues, it's you know, it's drinking water, wastewater, but storm water is a big, big uh, issue. Um, the um, 
the amount of rainfall that is coming uh it's uh in short bursts of Absolutely. tremendous amounts of rain and you know dealing with that you know storm sores that were built in the 50s are not adequate Absolutely. And that seems to be a problem all over the world. But and my last question to you, Mark, and uh, I really wanted to ask you that if, when you look back at your time in office, is there anything you would have done differently? And what would your advice be to future city leaders? Uh, what I would have done differently, um, I would have been even more focused, uh, but I also would have been uh, slower to um, to move. Uh, I've written uh, advice to, to mayors, and one of the things is that there is no job like this job. You've never done this before, uh, and you should take the first six months just to sort of get the feel of the machinery. <laughs> what are the tools available to you and how do you use them? Mm. Um, I, uh, in my first six months, um, I uh, said things off the cuff to the press uh, that um, were, were, were not well considered. Mm. Uh, I, I've written uh, one piece where I said, the mayor's mouth is a loaded gun. You need to be careful where you're pointed. Uh, and so I, I learned to never uh, respond immediately, uh, even if it's five minutes, uh, to take a, uh, a few moments, uh, consult with my staff and uh, say, well, I think I would say this. And they would say, no, don't say that. <laughs> you know, let's talk this through. Uh, and, uh, so being... being uh, slower to react more judicious um would have been would have been good um some of the you know some of the controversies could have been avoided uh but the most important controversies could not have um the the other thing again as i mentioned earlier i really encourage people to run for office if you don't like the character of the folks who are in office there's a solution Put your hat in there and do it yourself. Correct. 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 That's so well said. You know, people say the same thing in my country as well, where they say, if you're unhappy, next elections do two things. One, Number one, don't vote for the individual. And number two, put your hand up and uh, be counted, so to speak. Yes. But yes, absolutely. Mark, yeah. And Mark, on that note, uh, thank you so much for speaking to me about your absolutely incredible journey um, and how, you know, you really turned your life around. And I love the way you said how you stopped talking with your fists, but decided to educate yourself. That was such a powerful statement that you have made, which I think a lot of young people will listen to and will appreciate. Thank you for talking to me about all the work that you did in Kansas City. Uh, and I love the fact that, you know, after the recession, you actually manage the finances better uh, than you had and you left behind a much much healthier city uh, financially than what uh, you had inherited thank you also for speaking to me about so many different aspects of governance and your final light to so many people there's no job like this job thank you so much for speaking to me and good luck to you
All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.